Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Hi, you guys, it's Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Our special guest on Talking Trading today lives the lifestyle that a lot of traders would like to live. Etienne Cret is a swing forex trader from Montreal, Canada, who travels the world whilst trading. With a backpack, computer, hard disk and journal, Etienne ventures forward into foreign countries and he trades most successfully to maintain his lifestyle. When we spoke, Etienne was based in Mexico for a while. But as you can imagine, being a gypsy trader throws up challenges, and Etienne speaks about what some of them are, as well as how critical it is for him to maintain a trading routine and structure wherever he is in the world. Etienne also runs the Desire to Trade podcast and website to inspire other traders to live the lifestyles they desire. Chris Tate today talks on underwater equity curves in Little Trading. And Louise Bedford reframes trading losses in your mind in Mind Power. Let's hear her now. Before you start trading, you think, how hard can it be? Come on, I can face rejection. I can go again and again. I can work according to a plan. But then you start trading and you do get those failures, those mini failures that we call losses. You find that they gather and they build in momentum and sometimes they seem more important than those few big wins. I've been thinking about that a lot today and the reason I think we struggle with this is that failure loves company. Once you make a failure in whatever area of your life, you are more likely to remember past failures. Sure, you asked that person out in eighth grade and they said no. You remember that time that you went for that promotion and your arch rival got it instead of you. You asked for that pay rise, but you were rejected and they made you redundant. Those failures seem so close to the surface. They are all there, gathering momentum. As soon as we make a current failure, we seem to remember those past failures. It's almost like they are ink billowing through the water of our lives, affecting every aspect. And that is why it's hard to be a trader. We need to reframe those trading losses. They are not failures. They are not indicative of a life that has had hardship and will continue having hardship. Each failure that you make, if you follow your written trading plan, 
will bring you one step closer to making that big profit. Even professional traders fail a lot. We need to be psychologically resilient in order to stand up, to hold our shoulders back, to once again walk forward instead of staying still or taking a step backward. So think about those losses that you're making, not as failures, not as the ink into the water of your life. Think of them as limited, as small, as discreet. Think of them as taking you one step closer to that big trading win. And now it's time for a little trading with Chris Tate. This segment is ideal for the time-pressured trader with the short attention span. And Chris, your question for today is... CT, what is an underwater equity curve and why is it important? It's a horrible thing. Uh, It is effectively... When you look at your equity curve, an equity curve presents itself like an ordinary share chart. They look like charts. You know, they go up, they go down, they have little perturbations and the like. Those perturbations, when your equity draws down from a peak to a trough, when measured and plotted, form your underwater equity curve. So literally, it's how long you spend underwater before you make a new equity high. If you look at some systems, they spend months underwater. Sometimes trend-following systems do this, where... What's happening is you're killing losses, killing losses, killing losses, killing losses, waiting for the next big win. We're back to that problem that trading is a profession whereby uh, you seek not to go broke whilst waiting for the next big win. And so systems spend time underwater. An equity curve is not linear. It doesn't start bottom left and end top right with no perturbations at all. Uh, There are some months when it's good to be a trader, some months when it's not. And some markets spend decades underwater. If you look at the Nikkei, the Nikkei has spent, if you were to plot the Nikkei as a trading system and you assume that the Nikkei's price was your equity curve, it has spent decades underwater. We're about to open the doors for our very next six-month repeat-for-free mentor program where you'll learn how to trade every instrument over every time frame. I'm Louise Bedford. Once you're part of our mentor program, Chris Tate and I will continue to work with you for free until you reach your own personal trading goals. To be a part of it all, though, you'll need to register for free for priority notification or you'll just miss out. And imagine being able to trade your way to freedom, safe in the knowledge that you've got our support every step of the way. Go to tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority and register right now so you can be a part of it all. That page again, tradinggame.com.au slash priority. Etienne Kret from Montreal, Canada. Hello and welcome to Talking Trading. It's my pleasure to be here for sure. I really appreciate it. Etienne, you're a swing forex trader who has the chance to travel the world anytime and you help aspiring forex traders develop a trading method that works for them so that they can produce an income which allows them to live with more freedom. Etienne, you live the lifestyle a lot of traders would like to live. Nice to have you on the show. 
It's an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. And it's good to connect with you. I've been talking with Louise a few weeks back. And she said so much about the podcast, which I am super thrilled to come in and to share lessons and tips that. You're also a fellow podcaster, aren't you? You run the Desire yeah. to Trade podcast. Exactly. Okay, so Etienne, tell us, what does your day look like whilst you're traveling and trading? So my day depends on kind of the country I'm in. There's different kind of vibes of lifestyle for different countries. I'm currently in Mexico, in, uh, in uh, Playa del Carmen, which is like a beach place. So for me, it's all about kind of working, putting the hard work in the morning. I tend to wake up not too late because I'm like really ambitious to put in the work. So we all have things as traders we walk on. So like the morning for me is just looking at the chart, going to the market, the pairs I follow, and trying to get some work done for the day. Things I work on, some of my goals for the, the year. So I do like about two, three hours of work in the morning. And then the rest of the day is pretty much free. So once I have the work I want to do done, then it's about kind of relaxing and drink the place, trying to meet people, trying to do videos as well, because I enjoy videos and meeting people yes. for the afternoon. And I used to kind of go back more on the charts, look at all the, the pairs, what they were at in the afternoon. Now I've worked a lot with like automation to make things easier. So I don't have to do that anymore, but it's more about exploring, enjoying the life. And then the evening is also for, for that pretty much. And that's what it looks like pretty much. It's, it's pretty interesting. So let me get this straight. You trade in the morning for a few hours and that sustains your lifestyle. So I use a few, like a few weeks back, I was kind of more trading throughout the day. So we look at the chart every four hours because they can all close and the time and stuff. I would look at the chart at those times. Now I have alerts telling me that the trades form. So I don't have to look at the chart at all, which means that I can like go about my day and take the trade when I get the alert on my phone, live with that. And I don't really have to watch the chart and stay at a coffee shop like all afternoon to Look at the chart, which is, I think, much better. So what tips would you give to those people who aspire to trade whilst they're traveling and seeing the world? I get a lot of people that ask about that. And they, first first of all, what they want to know is like, what do you, what effect did you trade? Should you trade intraday? Should you trade longer time frame? And in my opinion, you have to either like go really low or kind of higher in the time frame. So either you're going to day trade a few hours per day because no one's want to, to have a trade, like a trading career where they trade all day. And spend nine hours in front of the chart. That's not cool. So you better go low, take a few hours to kind of do your trading and then leave. Or you go in a higher time frame like I do, which is look at the chart in the morning, in the afternoon, maybe in the, in the evening after. But then go about your day and have a fulfilling life. Because it's, it's more about that than just about trading all day, in my opinion. And so that's one. Then it comes down to kind of the routines you have, which I'm sure we'll talk about next and after that. But you need some structure. Like you cannot just, and the idea of like traveling all the time is, is tempting. It's cool. Like going to a few days in a place, two, three days, living for another place. It's really cool. But in practice, it's kind of hard. So you have to have a, a structure, a schedule, some routines in place. Make sure that you don't kind of fall off and have a few bad months that transform into like a bad year and a bad quarter or like about five years. So that's, that's something interesting to think about too. So what's your routines? So a couple of important routines. So, I've, I've implemented this like maybe three years ago, and this is kind of what changed my whole trading overall. It starts with having a way to kind of review your performance. So a lot of traders like want to become better, but they're not willing to review what they do. So they go week to week without much stuff, without improvement, and eventually a bad week leads to a bad month, bad year, and about five years. So if you can review, like I would review pretty much every week. I would sit down on Sunday morning, take out all my trades for the week on my journal, go back to my performance, and take note of that. What did I do well? What did I not do well? How can I improve? And I would kind of rank myself on a scale of 1 to 10. 
so how much like how how good was I this week? The sister is like a, whatever a five, and then you ask yourself, how can I be a six next week? How can I be one step better? And that really helps. That's crucial in my opinion. So a powerful thing you can do is to kind of print all the trades at the end of the week, go through all of them in paper. It's better, and then you can look look at what you did well and how you can improve. The other thing I think is about preparation. So I see a big difference the week where I don't prepare as opposed to the week where I prepare, where like like in the morning from seven to eight, for example, I'm looking at the chart as opposed to just like the, traveling and doing nothing. So that's a big difference. And the more you do this like every morning, the more you know where the market is at, the less you forget things and the better you are kind of in tune with the market and in what you have to look for. And the less trades you miss, which is always a good thing in my opinion. I was going to talk about some of your challenges and what some of the biggest challenges you face when you're traveling around like a, a moving turtle. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Uh, I could go with training related. So for example, not having Wi-Fi for a couple of days or hard. maybe even like being in a country where you cannot really trade. Like it's, it's, it's illegal to trade. That happens. So what do you do? Do you take the risk to trade? Do you not trade? What countries, trade? What countries is it illegal to trade? Uh, that was Indonesia. Right. So Indonesia, I was there for a couple of days and I didn't notice at all because I didn't place any trade. And then one morning I wake up and I open the chart, a perfect circle on my chart that I want to take like right away. And then I connect to my broker and it wouldn't like slow, wouldn't happen. And I found out a couple of hours later that the brokers in Indonesia were blocked for Forex. So it couldn't really trade. And so I had to find a way to kind of make it work anyway because of my setup, because the setup was there. But it just like brings more trouble more uh, stuff that you, that, that you have to deal with. And then there's all these problems like being lost. Uh, and I don't want to make it sound too negative because like it's not negative at all. Like it, it, Challenges come with travel that you have to deal with. So a couple of days ago, I was stopped by a policeman here in Mexico. I was like six kilometers over the limit. And he asked for like a ticket of like $80 US, <laughs> which I knew was ridiculous, but that's kind of the type of scam you see in Mexico and stuff. <laughs> That you have to deal with and that you have to accept and try to get out of it sometimes, but they happen to be able to deal with those challenges. Whereabouts yeah. in Mexico are you at the moment? I'm in Playa del Carmen. So, and this was in Cozumel. So not that far from here. Why do you trade Forex as opposed to other instruments? So that started, basically when I started to trade at the very beginning, I was trading Forex and I didn't really change from it. And I realize now that there's kind of a lot of benefits from it. First of all, the fact that you don't have to stick to a schedule of like trading from nine to five or nine to four uh, Eastern time. And that really, really helps when you're in Asia and you travel to a different place. So when I came to realize it's kind of a good thing for that. And plus I just got comfortable with it more and more and more in the language program and stuff that I didn't really, really want to move to other things. And I just got better at it over time makes sense so when you're traveling tell us about your equipment and gear for both both the podcasting and both the trading this is funny so i have traders that leave for vacation and they they have like a full suitcase just for their trading stuff like two monitors a computer this and that and for me it's really simple i keep it very very simplistic so i have my laptop i have uh, well basically microphone and camera to do videos and and uh, podcasts and stuff but the rest is just like have a computer, have a hard disk on the side, have a way to, for me, run Windows on my, my Mac, which I have kind of a, a special uh, uh, hard disk on the side to run what I have Windows installed so that allows me to kind of run NT4, run experiments, run back tests. 
And that is about it. I also carry, very important thing, a paper journal, which I write down my thoughts, my feelings, what happened, stuff in, and a good backpack, which I have. So that's about it. That's pretty much the only thing you need. So we, we've touched on routines, but it is really interesting. So you're in Mexico, you've been all around Asia. Tell us a little bit more about your routines. You know, do you have a, if you get lost, what happens? What time do you wake up in the morning? Tell us more what you do. So I tend to wake up quite early, although now I've been pushing it a little bit further because of the fact that I understand the benefit of sleep. And I've been kind of going low on sleep for some time, working different projects and stuff. So now I kind of wake up about 7, 7 a.m. And then it's all about kind of morning. So I do visualization, meditation, which I think makes a big difference. Journaling also in the morning. I try to check the market like first thing, otherwise I tend to forget. That's just how I am. And then I start start to work. I might work on some backtesting. I might work on some training strategies, things from my academy or some videos I edit. And then that usually takes like about two hours. And after that, well, I, I try to exercise quite a lot too because I understand like if I'm not exercising as much, I tend to sleep less well. I tend to not perform too well. I tend to be less energetic. So that's important for me. Tell us a travel story. What's been one of the favorite places you've been into? And what's been one of the, let's say, hairiest experiences? That's the hardest question because like all the places are something specific and interesting. So I wouldn't be able to pick only one place. I do remember though one place that really kind of stuck with me. It's in uh, Hong Kong. So I've been sitting in Hong Kong a couple of years ago. I was doing a syndic finish there. And it's like, every time I come back there, I always like see this magical place. It's like super awesome that I left a couple of years back. And it's always pretty much the same, although it changes sometimes, but it's always the same feeling of being there and seeing the big skyscraper, the big buildings, the cars running in the street and the busy life. And so many people, which is like very different than what I'm used to. And then of course, there's always this, like when you get near the uh, the harbor in Hong Kong, there's like always this big, nice view of like skyscrapers. And for me, that's just unique. So everything I'm come back there, it's like awesome. And I, I agree. Hong Kong's one of my favorite places in the world. Nice. Tell us about Indonesia or Asia. You know, we're, we're armchair travelers here. We're living through you right now. So Asia is a place I kind of love also. And I was a couple of months back in Europe and I didn't really feel the same feeling as in Asia. So I said, well, this trip is like cool. Europe is like, it's, it's awesome. There's cool things. But whenever I finish this, I'll probably go back to Asia. I decided to go to Mexico instead. But Asia is like really, really interesting for me coming from a kind of North American background. It's pretty different. So it's the lifestyle that people are different. People are more generous, more happy sometimes. And you get to discover things that you wouldn't see back home that are really different. So it's a lot of adaptation, a lot of things that you have to kind of change and understand. But overall, it's it's just awesome. And the weather is nice. The people are, the people are nice, as I said. And all these places have something specific. Could be the food, could be the mountains, the view, could be the beach. Where's the place you've had the most amazing food? <laughs> That's a tough one. I would have to say probably between Thailand and Vietnam which are both like really good for food and they have some different style. But not only is it like really cheap where you can get anything you want for $12 per day, it's also really good. It's also really like a lot of vegetables sometimes, some noodles, of course, and always interesting. So, so yeah. Etienne, this is possible. You can travel and trade. You are an example of what is possible. You're still passionate about trading. You're passionate about traveling. You're passionate about podcasting. You're combining your loves together. Any advice for people who want to do what you're doing? 
a lot of people talk about doing it, but they don't really think about doing the work. So I would much rather have people being process focused, meaning working on like being consistent themselves, as opposed to waiting for the market to be consistent, to give them consistent results. And for me, it's all about kind of planning a lot, deciding what you want to achieve, finding out the goals that you need to get there and breaking down the goals. Because it's like really hard to see this as like, oh, I want to travel and make money trading. But people kind of get stuck where it's like, what do you do to get there? What are the steps you have to take? So the more you can break it down, and especially I've seen such a big impact and such a big power with the relationship, surrounding yourself with the right people. Could be people doing what you want to do, people that have the same ambition, people that understand what you go through. And I can help you sometimes because the learning curves. So help you help you faster. And for me, I learned a lot from this, especially surrounding myself with traders. I would recommend people to surround themselves with traders as much as they can if they want to become traders. That's a big, big, big game changer. And the more you are around people that do what you want to do, the faster you go along the way. So that's that's super powerful. Etiani, people want to watch or listen to your podcast. Where do they go? So any platform, they just have to search for Desire to Trade. YouTube is the same. They're going to find my videos, which I do almost daily there. And uh, I think that's the best way to learn and to be surrounded by me every single day. <laughs> and infused with Etienne. Etienne, thank you for your time in Mexico today. Are you going to the beach later? Uh, it's already evening here, so I'll probably uh, go back tomorrow. Very nice. Well, I hope you work on your suntan as well as your trading. <laughs> I got sunburned recently, so yeah, it's getting worked out. Etienne, great to have you on the show. We'll talk later. It's been my pleasure. And that's it for this episode of Talking Trading. Make sure you're subscribed to this Talking Trading podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcast. It makes the world of difference to our ratings. And you know what else makes a difference? It means so much to us if you write us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcast. I love reading those reviews. It tells us what we're doing well and what we need to improve upon. We'd love to see your rating there and the good ones are going to get read out on this show in the future. So make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, give us a review and then we'll keep on bringing you this high quality resource. We have produced hundreds of messages for you now in this show. So we are so happy that this podcast is scoring so highly. This community means the world to us and I'm sure it does to you too. Have a great week. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regards to your own situation.